I don't know what it is with the water pressure in my neighborhood. They doing something to us, man. You know, who, who the fuck knows? Between the changing of the pipes, the lead in the water, you know, they're building a new fucking, you know, white land, some harbor shit. They're going to be able to park your boats and shit there now. They're going to renovate that whole area into like this super duper white community where you can walk your dogs and go to your Whole Foods <laughs> and, uh, you know, jerk off near the water, whatever the fuck you want to do. This will be considered, uh, you know, premier property. I'm just waiting. I don't know where I'm going to go, but I'm going to go somewhere. I might just go back to Lisbon and live. And next time you see me, I'll be wearing a beret. I don't know why I'm wearing a beret, nigga. I'm just wearing a beret. I'm in Portugal, and I'm speaking Port Portuguese. And in Portuguese. <laughs> That's not real Portuguese. <laughs> no shit. <laughs> <laughs> New mother in the intro. Just the one, don't want the voice on the show. So now, we have a new mother in the intro. And so sit back to enjoy the show. Welcome to Decoding 40. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? You heard that magnificent intro, so you know what time it is. It is time for the funniest, the most hilarious podcast that is streaming up the charts as we speak. It's your favorite, Decoding 40, and this is your boy L.O.Dot, and I am joined by the illustrious two-man powerhouse, also known as... Yo, what's up? It's your boy Vin in the building. I thought I was going to have to pull the pause button for a second, but you cleaned it up very nicely there, L. Thank you that. Thank you. You're welcome, intro, sir. This is Alaric, and I would like my AKA to be from now on Warhammer. <laughs> All right, Warhammer. <laughs> that is somebody's what? That is somebody's actual name. Is it? Warhammer? Yeah, I saw that on on uh, Reddit. I don't know if they changed their name or if this was their first name, name or last Eric. name Hammer. Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought Warhammer was the first name and the last name was like Johnson or something like that. Warhammer Jenkins. <laughs> Warhammer Johnson. Wow. All right. So before we get into the show, you know, we like to do a little bit of housekeeping. If you are not currently sitting in a nice, lovely, snuggly hoodie that can be found on decoding40pod.com, we have to ask you, what are you waiting for? We thank you. We thank everyone who has already purchased uh, something um, and things seem to be going out smoothly. So thank you for everyone who's involved with getting those orders out and getting them into the hands of our people. And speaking of people, uh, the show is actually getting around. We are now officially hot in the London streets. I mean, it's He's such crazy looks. Yeah. So, so thanks for that guys. We are now, I, I meant to look it up, but we, I'll say it anyway, we are now streaming in four countries in Africa. So give us some horns for that. I don't know, I'll, I'll, I'll send it in the chat, but um, actually I'll put it in the, uh, in the show notes. And what else? So, uh, all right, well, shout out to our London blokes, mm -hmm. govs and bros. Yeah. yeah. Hey, bro. And our, our people in the motherland. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Did... Either of you see any parts of that video? 
What video? The kid that was beat up by the five officers? Yeah. I haven't seen that, no. Tyree Nichols. Uh, have you seen that? Don't. I can't believe that it was five black officers that did that. I can. I started to watch the video, then I was like, I caught myself like, why do I need to see this? I don't want to see that fucking pain porn. No, I. my wife just had happened to have the news on while I was sitting at the, the dining room table, and they were talking about the situation, and then they were going to show the video. And just the way it started, I was just like, you know what? I can't watch this. Can't watch this. The, the, the guy was terrified. They beat him to death. Even before they, even before, I didn't see any, uh, I saw some of the blows, but I didn't see them go all the way in. He was already terrified. They were dragging him out of the car in such an aggressive manner. He legit looked like he didn't do anything. He looked like he was, he was completely dumbfounded by what was happening. Was he running from the police? Or like what, what, I don't, I'm not saying, I, I just trying to get into the, why the officers went from zero to 60 like that and he, decided that this was the guy they were going to fucking beat to death. Like, I don't understand how the fuck you got there. Like, what the fuck I happened? I, I don't know what preceded the part that I saw, but they pulled him over and they basically were dr about to drag him. They drug him out of the car. They tased him. Like, and he, he's still on, he, they had full control of him. Awesome. Full control of awesome traffic stop shit. Yeah, and then they started. Then he started fucking him up, and that's when he ran. He was running for his life, and then they caught him and beat him to death. I'm trying to figure out what precipitated the the actual stop. Was he a suspect? When I say suspect, they anyone's a suspect to them. What I'm saying is, what's their excuse? Reckless driving for stopping the car. Reckless. Was he? They, they stopped him for reckless driving? Yeah. And it went from reckless driving, which could be you switch lanes too fast, <laughs> to this dude is dead? Yep. Uh, that's ridiculous. They, they, I, took, I, they took turns. Yeah, I heard it was like five of them. And the dude was little. 140 pounds. Wow, man. This dude was like, no, he was like a little kid. He was like a little dude. I don't think I'd never been 140 pounds. This is an adult man, 140 pounds, and you and five of you guys decide to beat this guy. First of all, I like like this is what I don't understand. Like, what the fuck were these officers thinking? Like they said, we're going the next dude we pull over, we're gonna kill him. Like, what the fuck was going on? I think it was probably their regular practice just to beat the shit out of people. It looked like it. A couple of them held him. Well, why, why was he stopped? Reckless driving was 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 what they said the initial stop was for. Precipitated what? Stop. <laughs> yeah, I had a, a reckless driving uh, ticket. That's a bullshit. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I've been stopped for that. He, I got stopped the other day for that, but I didn't get I didn't get beat up. I mean, you can you be doing fifteen miles over the speed limit, and that's considered reckless driving. Yeah, because in some states it's ridiculous. Yeah, and, and like in Virginia, anything over ten is uh, considered reckless driving. Yeah. Oh wow, well, we have a ticket. I got to pay in. <laughs> so <laughs> recklessly driving 100 miles an hour. No, but what I'm thinking is I, I'm really trying to understand the, the, the human mind when they become a cop and why they, they feel the need to just take people's lives for, 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 for what seems to for reckless driving. Like I'm saying, when you say reckless driving for a white person and you say reckless driving for a black person, it's two different things in my mind just because I've been conditioned by what we see on the media, right? It, to a certain extent, you've been conditioned. I'm aware of it, right? So 
when you hear the word reckless driving, you think a nigga has got a gun out the car, busting his gun, swerving, sideswiping people. You know what I'm saying? That's how they make it seem. The police make it seem. He was recklessly driving. Like this nigga was giving niggas the middle finger, throwing Molotov cocktails at people. Like he was really wilding the fuck out when he probably went 15 miles over the speed limit. And for whatever reason, they wanted to kill this guy. I don't know that they set out with the intention of killing him, but they certainly did not stop. The melee. They definitely should have known that they were beating him to that point. And the reason why he went to, they got him medical attention was because they said in their report was a breathing issue. So he's having issue breathing, not, not any of his, death. not any of his, his injuries, not all the, the beating. How did they explain that? Resisting arrest? Yeah, I guess. Resisting arrest, five big guerrilla motherfucker officers. Well, I think, I'm not, I don't know this for sure, but I think what I read was that they put in the report that he, he fled and that's why they went after him and things got aggressive because he was resisting. And then when you see what they didn't count on was that there was a security video, a surveillance video that caught them beating the shit out of this guy and him not resisting with actually two officers holding him while the other one beat him. Mm. And I didn't see, I didn't even watch beyond this point because I was just like, this is just too much. But the guy took off like that. They they executed him. Basically. For a reckless driving pullover that turned into that. That killed him. He was just driving a little fast. Maybe he 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 made a lane change too fast or whatever he did. Then I mean the but my thing is it's the the initial contact between him and the police. Mm-hmm. Whatever he did, if he pulled over, regardless of when he pulled over, when he pulled over and you guys got your guns drawn and his hands are out the window, you don't have to do anything else outside of pull him out of the car make him get on the ground and put his hand, matter of fact, open up the door from the outside, lay on the ground, put your hands behind your back, and then come over and cuff this nigga. No matter how much you might want to kick his ass because he made you drive a little faster than you wanted to, if nobody was harmed at this point, why are we dragging this dude out of the car by his neck if he hasn't made any physical a threat towards you? Like, where's the common sense thought to that? Like, I- I've seen them remove a white person from a car just like that. Put your hands out the car with your left hand, with your left hand, please, yeah, open up the car door from the outside. With with both your hands out, open up with your right hand now, open up the door from the inside. Uh, push out, push it out. Keep your hands where I can see them. Lay on the ground. I see they do that shit all the time. Walk back to me three steps. Click your heels, nigga. They, they'll make you do whatever they want you to do when they got them guns drawn. But to but to initially just go from we pulled him over and snatching the motherfucker out and scaring him within his life, yeah, I'd fucking run too. Oh, he started running? Yeah. The ones they dragged him out of the car, they were tasing him, trying to get him to put his, he's on the ground, and they're trying to get him to put his arms behind his back. And he's like, what did I do? What is going on? And... They tase him, they tase him, and he he gets up and he runs. Is this mm. kid a snitch? Is this kid fucking somebody's wife or something? Like, what? this man fucking somebody's wife? Like, what's going on? 
Like, what's the deeper story than this? Is this is it something this, deeper? This guy, there's no deeper story. That's the sad part and the tragic part. It doesn't have to be anything deeper. I know, but it's like, like, why did they just pick this guy for for this reason? It, it, and because they belong to a gang. He defied their authority. How? By running from his for his life? Yes. Do you? Do you, I? I think maybe uh, oh this is how the cop mind works. They think that both are the law. It's horrible. So if you are in, if you contradict anything that they are seeing, a dirty you, look, a sock, anything, you're going to pay for it. Yeah. And that's 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 how they operate. He happened to run into five police officers who, at that point, wanted to work out whatever aggressions on on him, and um, they ended but, up killing him. And, and you did this to some some 140 pound young black man. You didn't see your sons, your your nephews, your brothers there when you were beating this kid? That didn't even fucking, you didn't think about all the shit that white folks do, white cops do to black kids. You you, you no, added to the up? problem. They're the gang. Oh my God. What, what, what police department is this? Memphis? Yeah, you, they, they probably have some sort of gang. These cops inside the department, especially throughout LAPD, have there's many gangs. I mean, they the gang is the police, the police organization. It's, it's not. Oh, but they have not, gangs within the gang. But Set. this is this is not special. This is not this is not something that's out ordinary. What's out of the ordinary is that his family had the means and the reach and the influence enough to call this stuff into question and brought it to the media. Mm. That's the difference. If you if you had somebody who is poor, someone who doesn't have the resources or family doesn't have the resources to to follow up and say, hold up, this is not how this person operates or this seems out of the ordinary or who is able to get answers, this shit would have been swept under the rug. Based on their police, if that's all that they had, this probably would have got swept under the rug. What fucked them was that security camera. You know they try to get that camera. Same thing in Chicago when they shot that kid in the street. It was swept under the rug until the security camera gave them up. At least police be wilding the fuck out, man. I got stopped the other day. Did you? Yeah. But the cop was actually kind of cool. It was a Spanish dude. He saw me. I, I, I went around a car, you know, because the motherfucker was getting on my nerves. He stopped. I went around him. And the cop was on, like, they were on foot, two of them. And he just walked over to He said, yo, pull over for a second. And he was like, yo, man. Don't do that. He's like, you know what I'm saying? You could have caused an accident or whatever, and all you really did was go to the next light or whatever. And this boy goes, you know what? They're fucking giving a lot of tickets for that shit on this on this particular part of Jersey City and on this block. And he said, yo, I see you doing Uber, man. I'm not trying to take no money out of your fucking pocket. He says, that's your bread and butter, so you know I'm not going to give you no ticket. He said, but just be mindful of what you're doing. And I was like, I appreciate it. Peace. And that was it. That was my interaction. And he wasn't an asshole. He was a young cop who, of color, and in Jersey City, I got to say, for Jer- Jersey City in general, I've never had a bad experience with a police officer, especially one of color. I was zipping b- down a block one day, and this black police officer pulled me to the side, pulled me over. He saw me in my uniform at the time. And he was like, yo, just be easy. Calm down. Slow up. You know what I'm saying? It's a school area. And I was mm-hmm. like, all right, cool. And that was it. It was no pull over. Let me see your ID. None of that shit. I, I haven't had that experience because, you know, for the most part, I don't be wild like that, but, but I'm out the street but- a little more. Imagine if you if you had on a hoodie and your hat's on backwards or you got jewelry in your mouth or you wear a lot 
they may not treat you the same. I'm sure. I'm sure there's there's racial profiling. There's profiling in general. There's a certain look that sets an alarm off for certain people. Um, you know, I I fall under the radar. You know, thankfully, but you know, other people are not that that fortunate. You know, just just being a motherfucker driving a car and get caught on some quote unquote reckless driving. Maybe he went around the cop or whatever because some cops get asshole shit like that too. Like if you pass them. Like, dude, if you're doing 20 miles an hour in a 50, I'm not going to follow you. I'm going past you. Now you're just being a dick for no reason. And I'm not doing anything. I'm doing the speed limit. I'm not. But in some some areas, especially down south, and, and these, these assholes, yeah, you do that shit, they're going to pull you over. And they're going to look at you talking, what's the rush? There is no rush. I'm going to speed limit. You didn't see me doing 20 miles an hour? Yeah, they get fucking cocky and asshole-ish about it. But, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't warrant you getting tased and killed. Nope. Yo, man, I got this fucking person who keeps calling my phone at all times of the day talking about, I know where you at, son. I'm coming to get you. And 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 what, he, what was he saying? You know who this is. You know who this is. And I'm like, yo, who the fuck are you, son? I don't know who you are. You know who this is. And he's been doing it like all times of the night, all times of the morning and shit. I don't know who the fuck this guy is. Same number? But he's no number. It comes up. No, what's the, no number found or something like, you know, the... Basically, he's blocking his number. Mm-hmm. And he sounds like a fucking uh, a cholo from, from L.A. You know who this is, Holmes? Some shit like that. And I'm like, dude, you have the wrong number. I don't know who this is. <laughs> Yo, you got to record that shit. I don't know who this is, right? But the shit's starting to get on my nerve. And I'm like, nigga, come get me then. <laughs> come get me I got tons of guns nigga I got tons of guns and I'm dying to use the shit <laughs> what do you want AR shotgun what, do you, what, what caliber you are 9 what you want a 45 what you want I got it all 357 nigga what you want you should I ask all. where are you exactly I'd like to come see you sir you have a you want a slug or you want a buckshot what you want I got he, said he, was gonna, he said he was gonna come get you yeah, he's like, you know, you know who this is, Holmes. You know who this is. And I'm like, dude, I don't, sir, you have the wrong number. I'm like, I don't know who you are. Yeah, yeah, you know who this is. And I was like, okay. I told the wife about it. Go on. Uh, until I hang up. <laughs> or until or until he hangs up or whatever. I'm like, okay. Like, I told my wife about it. She was like, yo, what the fuck is that? I was like, babe, I don't know what the fuck this is. She said, well, did you give out your number? And I was like, no. I said, my number, my telephone number was on my IG. My cell phone number. Did I was you should have thrown somebody in prison, nigga. I don't oh. know who this person is. This might this might be the Coquito uh, mafia after you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who it is, <laughs> but you know, I'm just like the fuck, man. Like, are you serious? Oh man, I just it's too much, man. I don't know who the fuck this person is, and I don't know how they even got my number. Like, and the shit was trying to get on my give me your address. I'll come get you. Right. And the shit was kind of getting on my nerves and was making me unsettled for a minute. Like, yo, what the fuck is this bullshit? Like, are you serious? What's wrong with people? Like, what you? This is the this is what you spend your time doing. Mm. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like he's, yes. You know, I'm like, hey, dude, I don't. You, I'm you sorry, sending back. Yes, this is how I spend my time. And I'm trying to figure. I'm like, damn, did I did it? Was it somebody I slighted? Like, I, I, who the fuck is this person? It's probably that Uber driver you didn't tip. <laughs> I don't know, man. Maybe it's a passenger. Who knows, man? Who knows? Sounds like they're drumming. Like, you know, they're fucking jumping. The kids make fucking noise. 
I didn't know that was. I didn't know that was kids. No, they just make noise all the time. They just like, how did you manufacture that noise? Like, I don't even know where that came from. It's like they find creative ways. Jumping up and down. I'm glad we don't have any downstairs neighbors. There goes that idea for your legal apartment. Yeah. Well, they please, they please Mr. Campbell, your keys. They they stomp it all the time. I'm trying to sleep. I have 17 jobs, sir. Shut up, ice. Okay, Mr. Campbell, please don't do that. Don't do. Don't do that. Don't call ice. Don't call Jello. <laughs> don't call the Jello, please. You are now listening to Decoding Forty. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? This has been from Decoding Forty, letting you know about Decoding40Pod.com. That's right, Decoding40Pod.com. That's our new site that's got all our merch on it. Decoding40Pod.com. Decoding40Pod.com. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we've got an esteemed guest with us this week. We are pleased to introduce to some and reintroduce to others a world-class trumpeter, vocalist, producer, known to many as the musician. We have Mr. Keon Harold in the building today. What's up, everybody? Hello. Pleasure to be here. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Very nice to meet you, bro. Um, your resume is insanely packed with the stuff of legends, like in terms of the projects you've worked on and the um, just the breadth of the, the content that you've created uh, is, is absolutely astounding. There's a few things we obviously have to talk about. I do want to ask, is there litigation surrounding the incident that happened in New York with you, you, you and your son? Yes, there's still litigation okay. happening. It's a, it's a process. Got it. So we can get, get a little bit more into that later, but I just wanted to kind of get a sense of how far you might be able to go with that. I mean, where do we start? Uh, you grew up in Ferguson, one of 16 kids. Like, how? Why? Like, <laughs> <laughs> What is that like, first off, growing up in a household with that many siblings? Oh, man, it was incredible. I mean, it was kind of like the, you know, the age out kind of thing. You know, one of my siblings, they get to a certain age or get married or whatever, and then they just leave. And then, <laughs> then there would be more space in the house. Um, actually, it was Where did you fall in, the, in line? In the middle, you know, like number 10, close to the middle. It was an incredible experience growing up that way. A lot of love, a lot of support, you know, building up, um, not taking things for granted. A lot of being able to prove yourself because to stand in a lot of, you know, 16 people, you really got to be a strong individual um, or you just fall through the cracks. Um, you know, makeup, uh, 16, how many boys, how many girls? Nine boys, seven girls. Yeah, yeah. You guys were probably like the Harold family, right? Like you, you guys were known in the community. Because I, I grew up in a neighborhood where there was the Walker family. The Walker gotcha. family had like seventeen brothers and, and and fifteen cousins. It was like they 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 ran the neighborhood. So I'm pretty sure you guys. I mean, sixteen of you guys. Jesus. Yeah, it was it was definitely that kind of thing. And I mean, you know, it was, it was a blessing because you know my parents were were, were the ministers. My dad was the pretty much a community organizer. He was a person who um, ran the Boy Scouts. He was the pastor. He was everything. You could always call him, call Reverend Harold if you needed anything. He was over the music. <laughs> he was, you know. It was just one of those things. 
I, I forgot that was I. You know what? I was supposed to add that you're a PK. Yeah. In the intro. So how does that add to you? And in, in terms of your your life experience and you now as a working musician, how how does that center you as you navigate through all of these different spaces, particularly in entertainment? Um, I would say character. Hmm. You know, um, know what you're going to get on and off the camera on and off the stage, at home versus in public, you know, character and uh, being a whole person and, and having, you know, baselines on what, what what's good and what's not so good. Can you stand up and, and be a stand up a hundred kind of brother? You know, it was very important how I was raised from my, my siblings, you know, to my parents. Um, you got to be an example. And the golden rule was everything. Doing to others is, you know, it was having to do doing to you was, was everything and charity stars at home, you know, and agape love, all of those things were just stuff that at the breakfast table, you know, throughout the day, that's, that's what it is. Growing up with that many siblings, uh, and, and having that type of a uh, parent dynamic, that's going to build character because you, you have to be honest about 16 other people and they're going to call you on your stuff all the time. So that's got to build a tough skin to be able to deal with, I'm sure, the the pitfalls of the music industry and Hollywood in general, I guess. Absolutely. And it keeps, it keeps you humble. Because, mm. you know, when I go home for family reunion or whatever, it's, you know, I'm still just, still just one of them. Yeah. You know, oh my God, you just finished, he's working with Beyonce, he's working with Maxwell, whatever. Okay, cool. Go to my stick this garbage shop. That's right. Go watch <laughs> I need you to I need you to go pick up your niece and nephew. So cool. Yeah. A lot of, uh, our show, we sort of started this and and um it centers around how the dynamic in your life, your responsibilities, how you see yourself in the world changes as you cross that forty threshold. Mm-hmm. So ha- have you how, how have you seen that change? And how you how how have you seen that reflected in your in your life? I'm not forty, man. You know, I'm, I'm kidding. <laughs> I was going to say, your bio. You you need to update your Wikipedia. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. We know you're fresh into your forties. Yes, indeed. Forty-two, forty-two. Yeah, I mean, what changes is you you really realize that you're not a kid anymore. Um, and at some point, thinking about the poet Amir Suleiman, it's just like the, the poem that we kind of briefly spoke about. It's like, you know, you will be an ancestor soon. So at this point, what are you going to leave? What do, you, what, do you, what do you have to say to culture at large? What do you have to say to the people that look like you? What do you have to say to people? What does your life demonstrate to people? I'm trying to trying to be a model citizen, man. Know that at some point, you know, you're representing, you know, more than yourself. And that's what I try to, you know, preach to my son. That's what I try to teach my nieces and nephews and anybody who's willing willing to watch. You know, I don't want them, you know, trying to call me out on what I didn't do and what I said and how I'm not doing what I said. You know, I think that's that's very important. You know, being a father, too, is is of a son, you know, is a lot. You you were relatively, how old are you when you have your, your son? 24 yeah so you were young you know what i mean so you you know what it is you, yeah you, he, he's kind of growing up with you in a way absolutely you know because in your 20s and I, listen I, my, I was a young father at 22 so we don't know shit 
<laughs> I think we know shit. We we know just enough, you know, hopefully we our parents are, you know, instilling us, you know, some sort of uh like you said earlier, character that, that that keeps us on the right, you know, the straight and narrow to try to provide for them. But other than that, we we, we kind of with blinders on at that time. Yes, yeah, sir. <laughs> I want to talk a little bit more about fatherhood, but first I wanna backtrack a little bit in terms of so you grew up in Ferguson, which is obviously one of the major embers that has ignited the consciousness in terms of, or reignited, I should say, the way Black people are seen in America and in the world. What was it like growing up in Ferguson? What about the Mike Brown situation resonated with you as having lived on those same streets? So if you could just talk a little bit about that. Man, growing up in Ferguson, different than what people may Assume Ferguson was a great place to grow up. On CNN, on you know the news channels, it looks like ground zero for mm-hmm. you know, and it turned into that. But growing up, you would think Ferguson was all black. It literally was probably like sixty percent white, forty percent black. It's changed a lot now since then. But Ferguson wasn't the place in St. Louis that was the one it was it's it's a whole bunch of other little cities that it's like you don't want to get caught over there mm-hmm. you know ferguson just turned out to be the place that the mike brown incident happened that it just exposed you know a wide array of systemic oppression systemic you know broken downness against you know people of color i when i moved to new york city i guess one of the <laughs> traumas that i have on my life is that i felt that every police officer was going to try to lock me up. You get stopped in that town, and you don't even have to be driving. You can be, it can be a driver, it can be four people in the car. Everybody will have to get out, and it'll look like an episode of Cops for going 31 and a 30. So, and it was just terrible in a way that they could prey on the, the people who didn't have it. You, you get a ticket, it's $60, okay? If you can't pay the $60, they take your car, you take your car, then you got to put it in, you know, in the in the tomb, then you got to, you know, and it just keeps adding up. And by the time they stop you again, or say you miss your court case for whatever reason, you got to pay the court cards, all of a sudden, a, a $20 ticket then turned into $1,000. Right. And you, if you only got $20, you definitely got $1,000, so you end up in jail. So that would just happen on and on again. It was a, a cycle of so many people. Like for a long time, I didn't know anybody from a teenager up that was black that hadn't been stopped or fucked with by the police. I can't remember being locked up for no reason. Wow. Staying for a weekend for no reason. Not charged, not anything. But again, at the time, I didn't even think that it was a big deal until I moved to New York. And New York was just like, okay, I see the police and they would just walk past me. It was no big deal. St. Louis, you get stopped. There's too many people in New York. They're not stopping all of us. Hey, that's true. They'll fuck with a lot of us, but not well, <laughs> well, first they tried. Yeah. They tried. You know, stopping Frisk. Yeah. I don't know if saw the logo on that, but they were stopping the same 600 people all day, <laughs> over every day. Over. You know. like, you still ain't got a weapon? All right, we'll see you tomorrow. Right, right. Here comes Raheem again. <laughs> you know. <laughs> The, I, I, I said, I, I read into your bio and it said that your grandfather was a former police officer. Yeah, he was a former police officer um, who felt like the work wasn't getting done the way he saw it. Um, so he started the Drum and Bugle Corps, which basically helped thousands and thousands of, of, of kids to learn music for free. 
incredible musicians that that he produced. You know, that's why I started learning how to play, play the you know trumpets, baritones, and sousaphones, and all of that, as well as color guard, and as well as you know drummers. You know, they kept thousands and thousands of people off the street every day. And it, it literally was the kind of thing to where if you didn't show up to practice, you're liable to, to know that that person got killed just because they skipped practice. Wow. And it was thousands of people who ended up at practice who would have been killed if they didn't come. So my grandfather had a, a huge legacy of that bringing music and opportunity, scholarships to go to different, you know, HSBCUs and different things for years, for as long as I can remember. And before I was born from the, from the late 1960s, you know, all the way until he passed away in, you know, early 2000s. Yeah. I, I, might, I was going to ask about, um, if, if that sort of formed a different perspective of how you saw the police, but you were already he already let you know about the shortcomings of the, the of the police department. I mean, you know what it is. Everybody, there's nobody's perfect. There's there's great policing out here, and there's also not so great policing. There's great black men, and there's also bullshit black men, no matter what. So try to stay again. You try to look at it like you know, one day I'll be an ancestor, or there's people looking at me as a person. You would hope that some that, that everyone would have integrity, but that's clearly not true. Especially, you know, going to the thing that's going on right now with the with the young man who was killed in in Memphis, um, Tyree Nichols. Nichols, which is you know a tragedy, and to see it is another thing, and to to realize that people can be so heartless and so conscienceless, consciousness, conscious, blah, without conscious, free, all this consciousness. You know, lack of better words. It's just like unbelievable, man. It's like who raised you? What example are you looking at? That that's a brother, you know, a buck fifty. You know, if anything, you got five guys beating the shit out of him and beating him to death. I'm sorry, we we talked about that earlier, and it's like, yo, like you just said, like, what the fuck were you thinking? Mm-hmm. Like, you first of all, you pulled the guy out of the car, and at that point, you should have seen, all right, this guy is. He's no threat to five people. He's little. And to just take it to that level was just, I, like, I'm like you. I don't understand, like, where, like how do, where, what, did, what were you thinking? Like, what, what, what was going through your mind at that point to think, okay, now this is the guy that's going to catch all of it. I, I don't, I just don't get it. You know, you, you mentioned, like, um, who, who raised you? Mm-hmm. No longer the dominant influence or the, or the, or the compass that they use anymore. That person mm-hmm. that raised them is not what's the the major influence. Now it's the institution of American policing because mm-hmm. you did not look at that person and you didn't look at that person that you beat and thought about yourself walking through this neighborhood. You didn't think about your children. You didn't see your brother. You didn't see your nephew. You saw someone whose life... You saw an enemy combatant. was meaningless. Yeah. Right. Urbatant. Mm-hmm. A devalued person, you know, in the eyes of the system that you're upholding. If this, if you saw that person and, and recognized that they had means, they had influence, they had even white skin. Because I, I venture to, to to say that this would not have happened, even though there were five black officers, this would not have happened to a white man. The same size. No same situation no. it would not have happened. It absolutely would not have happened because, you know, 
I guess a, a black person's presence is not hallowed. Um, it's not appreciated like the fair-skinned brothers. And it's, it's so unfortunate because, again, my dad used to always tell me, when you see me, you should see God. Did they see, did they see God when they saw the young man? They absolutely did not. Mm. You know, they, they, they saw him as somebody who was disposable. They saw him as somebody who they could forcefully beat the shit out of. And, you know, it'd be okay to laugh at. And that could easily be your, your brother, your cousin, your son, and your, yeah. you know, your friend or whoever. It could have yeah. been them. That's the point. Been them. Absolutely. That blows my mind is that you share the same skin as the person that you are killing. Well, when you take when you take on certain dogmatic principles, a certain you start to think a certain way. All of a sudden, the, the very logical things that we've been talking about, attributes that they have, all of a sudden you feel like you're above that. The system of oppression extended that power to them temporarily. Mm-hmm. While they're on your- now, they're seeing that it doesn't actually belong to you. Right. <laughs> they loaned it to you. Now they're gonna take it back. But had that security camera not been in place, had his family not had the means and the resources to bring this to the public and bring it to light, this would have got swept under the rug. Absolutely, and I'm, and I'm a, 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 a big witness of that. And thank God for cameras, <laughs> yeah. you know, because they would never believe what you, what you actually say. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that is the truth. So we 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 have a reoccurring segment on this show called "This Week in Racism." Uh oh. <laughs> this week in racism brought to you by the same people for the last four hundred years. You were actually a subject of uh, yes. one, of, one of our segments based on a, a situation that happened with you and your son in a, in a New York City hotel. Mm-hmm. For those people that don't know um, this situation or, or who may have forgotten, because so many things have happened in this world since this has happened, but your son was accused of taking someone's phone and was physically attacked by one of the ultimate Karens. I mean, she is she was on a next level of point. <laughs> she got physical. And um, it eventually she was arrested for physically accosting your son. I mean, maybe maybe you I, I would love to hear your perspective of, of how things transpired, you know, how things kind of went down from so we, we see the video and we don't actually see what happened before. We just see they, they you know, the media is going to show what that video was. Right. But we actually like before. It was a, I'm sure it was a regular day. You're leaving the hotel, whatever. Like what? what yeah, what, we actually. What happened was it was the day after Christmas, and me and my son were hanging out, and we were going to get brunch downstairs. And uh, ironically, the name of the place is called Harold's. Oh, uh, um, we had this crazy chicken and waffles that we were going to get because we were hungry. It was early in the day, and we had just I don't know just gotten up for real. And we come downstairs and you kind of see that the lobby is is kind of tense because you got this young lady down there who was just agitated or whatever. But as soon as we come, my son was in front of me. I was behind him looking down at my phone and he walks out. And then I look up and you hear this lady saying, it's him. He's the one. He stole my phone. We've never seen this person. <laughs> 
I'm like, who the hell? Mm-hmm. Like, and the first thing is, she she walks up to him and she basically grabs in his phone. Like, and I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. This is not, this is definitely not yours. Um, and at the time, what's interesting is my son is 14 at the time. He doesn't really know, and at the time, he didn't know the implications of somebody coming at you like, yo, you stole my shit. Mm-hmm. You stole my phone. What, what that says as a black person, because first of all, he's been shielded from so much of that shit. Mm-hmm. And the fact is, it's a nice hotel. And we stay in nice hotels quite frequently. So to me, he's, he's looking like, who is this person? Like, bitch, I'm about to get some t- chicken and waffles and you <laughs> you fucking with my mood. That, that, that's where we going. You feel me? So, you know, from that, it was just like, you know, downhill from there. And me trying to tell this in the most logical kind of way. Listen, this is, listen, use the app. Find my iPhone. If you got an iPhone, I'm sure you do. Because you keep blaming him, but he took yours. First of all, my son had a case that he got on specifically from Italy when, when he was traveling. Um, <laughs> so so that, that's not it. The fact that you see this kid and he's black, you feel like he's the one. Mm-hmm. Come to find out, she had tried that with several other guests. Wow. Which is crazy. Physical um, contact with any of those other guests? Physical contact? Hell no. So, all up. So you you guys come into the lobby and she's already on her bullshit and she fucked with other people. Yeah. With that type of track record, how does it then turn into the hotel staff thinking your kid took the phone? That's that's what it was. Um, And that's what I that's what one thing I'm still trying to understand. And then, you know, the only logical reason from that is, you know, implicit bias of the of certain kind of people. You know, because you got all all these people walking around and, oh, you see this young kid, especially look a lot younger than now you got a better goatee than me. Um, you know, he's the guy. He's definitely not the guy. I had two iPhones in my pocket. I bought the one that he has. We definitely don't need your iPhone. So to have the, the staff at the hotel actually sympathize with her and basically come to us. I'm like, why, why are you coming to us when well, she's the problem? She needs to find her phone. We're good. Right. And we're guests. She's not a guest. You know what I'm saying? And that's the thing that many people don't even understand. I, I was a guest in the hotel for three weeks. Wow. You know, so that's, that's how, now I'm getting mad because my thing is, he's like, I've been in this motherfucker for three weeks. And I, listen, I used to work at a hotel. Mm-hmm. You, a guest that's there more than three or four days, you start to know the guest. Mm-hmm. If it's a, somebody who is of affluence or just a person you see every single day, mm-hmm. person every day, hey, what's going on, man? And that's it. Mm-hmm. You've been there three weeks and then the hotel guests get amnesia. I mean, the hotel uh, staff gets amnesia. Yeah. What what struck me is how were you able to remain as calm as you did? And that was my next question. <laughs> I was going to ask you how many answers, how many ancestors did you have? Right. On? I know it was it was it was God, it was the Holy Ghost, and Jesus. But did uh, did, did Mary and Joseph have to get involved? <laughs> the wise men came through. They had incense, and uh, they were like, "Yo, key, don't do it." Let's not attend. You know what? The only, I mean, there's maybe several factors, but the only thing I can charge it to, um, or one of the things I can charge it to is being a performer. You know, 
I've been on stage when people have been heckled. I've been on stage when people have heckled me. And at the same time, you really still have to be able to perform on a high level. You know, you can't come out of character. You got to be, you know, be resolute in, in, in what's, what you got going on. You know, you can't stop the show because you got some idiots in the, in the audience or people overly drunk, you know, or maybe even be sleeping in the front, in the front row, whatever. You just never know what the scenario is to me. You know, on life, it it, 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 it too is a performance. So Annette, again, I'm not speaking for just, you know, myself as a father, I'm speaking to all black fathers or trying to be an example for all people as to, you know, guess what? Just because I look a certain way doesn't mean that I don't have, you know, a certain level of experience in the world. I'm a global citizen. I'm not just, you know, from Ferguson. I'm not just from New York. I've been all over the world. I've seen a lot of shit. I've seen the Ultra rich, been with them, kick with them, kick them with the ultra poor. You know, I've, I've, I've spoken to so many different types of people and been among so many type of people. So I'm I'm not as you know a spring chicken in that way. And most of the time, you will think when you see somebody who looks like me, especially if I'm dressed in my J's and just hanging out, you know, oh, that's just a, another one of those guys. Nah, mm. not not at all. I've, I've seen some things and been some places. So and then I felt like that was taken for granted quickly from the, from the from the staff at the hotel and from from the lady she looked at us and she like oh look at this kid he's the one who stole my you know let's fuck with him i i can also i also can imagine the shock of it all initially happening because it's definitely a shock for sure because you, you, you're like you're thinking chicken and waffles i want to get something to eat and then this shit just comes out the out of left field the shock of it all has to kind of put you in a place because some people deal with shock. They either, you know, like the fight or flight. I'm either going, you could have went totally within your within your right. As soon as she touched your son, you could have went Rambo. Mm-hmm. You chose the other path, but the shock of it must have just been like, you you, you got to be thinking, is this woman serious? Like the fuck? Oh, that's 100% where I was. I can't believe this shit. This shit really happening right now. Yeah. You asked that camera. That's, that's, that's the reason why I started t- I'm taking my phone out. Because obviously, before it was some shit happening, but I was just like, okay, this is some wild shit right now. We were just walking downstairs and this chick is tripping. Let me turn on my phone because I can't believe this shit. Yeah. Mm. That, that's, that's where I was. Yeah. That's the other piece that strikes me as interesting is that you had the presence of mind to record it. And we've gone back and forth a little bit about that on the show is personally, I'm not of the mindset that I'm going to record it. Cause one, I'm probably going to do something that I don't need evidence to uh, substantiate. <laughs> <laughs> the other part is I don't have the idea that I need to use the camera to protect me, mm-hmm. which I, I just find fascinating when it works in the favor of the person who's being aggrieved. You know what I mean? Right. So it's very seldom, very seldom. But then you again, I remember the you know the generation that we 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 heard about Trayvon Martin. Right. And if we have anywhere for that, the vibe would have been very different. You know. Yeah, true, but the chains have been very different, and there would have been some kind of surveillance at that time, right? You know, and this time it was, it was, you know, he's wired or well, he he doesn't have a word because he's dead, right? Or it was, it was someone versus Trayvon Martin. So I say many incidents like that again, growing up in Ferguson, that all of that has me semi sensitive on what can happen or 
you know, these persons, somebody else's outlook on who I am, not the way I see the world, the way they see the world, right. also affects my existence. Right. You know, we can only control so much. But sometimes it's like you have other people happening to you. So that's the reason why I'm like, I got to be always super, super ready. Because again, nobody would have believed me if I didn't have video footage of that shit. Right. Well, for the first thing that happened, the first interview that happened was actually of her saying that I assaulted her. Mm, wow. You know, and at, at that same you know, original press interview, myself will, you know, shout out to incredible Ben Crump. Uh, uh, one of the gentlemen stood up and was like, do you know that this is what she just said? But the fact that, that my footage leaked and then they looked at the footage from the hotel, it was like that dispelled everything she had to say hmm. um, at, at that point. But the fact is, how often is it somebody else's word against yours or somebody else's word against a person of color? Yeah. You know, and it, it happens so often. And all of a sudden, you know, if the footage is not there, I end up in jail. The footage is not there. You know, something, you know, say, say her phone number came back. What would have happened to my son? Right. Her shit came back in an Uber. Right. All right, we have to start recording uh, these scripts. No, I, 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 first of all, I, I want to say that when we, when we did the the show and we mentioned, you know, what happened with you and your son, we, we applauded you having the cool head to be able to collect this evidence and make sure that you guys were okay. If, if that tool wasn't available, like you said, you could have ended up in jail. Your son could have been taken into custody, um, detained. detained. You know, even even just having any police contact for me is is not good. It's never going to work out in our favor. Mm-hmm. And having that evidence and, and having a cool enough head to make sure that you guys were protected because we've seen it work. We've seen it work time and time again. I, I'm mm-hmm. just bringing it back to Chris Cooper, Scott Cooper, or Chris Cooper. Uh, sorry, the the the, the guy. Oh, the bird guy. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Worked out in in his favor. Um, we just saw your your man's who got kicked off of American Airlines. We just saw uh, a couple of guys, Tyler, Guy Tory, some and some other people. I mean, the track star girl, Odell. Oh, sorry, sorry, Richards. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I guess that that was going to lead into another question that I wanted. Is American Airlines really going? They going hard like that right now? That that's what's that's what's up. That's yeah. American Airlines. That's what the, that's the brand they're going for. That's what's being seen. Okay. That's what the revolution is televising. Yes. I think yeah. when the NAACP has to issue a trial warning to black, <laughs> black <laughs> airlines, but years ago though, Well, I mean, I guess maybe they're reinstating it. Well, I, mean, never, I haven't flown on American Airlines since I was probably a kid when I went to Puerto Rico one time. Other than that, I don't fly. Yeah, I don't I didn't even know they did down like that. I don't have a choice sometimes. You, so. fly, you fly a lot. Now, and I've seen, I travel quite a bit for work. I've seen some flight attendants and airline workers who, who sort of go overboard. Like, oh, for sure. They like trying to bait you into let me you know try to get you kicked off this plane or let me uh, make you not get on this flight or you know just fuck with you. Mm-hmm. you a lot of that. I've seen it. I've been the victim of it. Think about it. The thing with Odell Beckham, he's in his seat and he's asleep. 
It's like as a performer, as an artist, as a person who works very, very hard, and you're on that first flight to either New York to LA or LA to New York or whatever, you're tired as hell. And you're dreaming about, okay, I'm going to get through security. Okay, cool. I might go to the lounge for a second. If not, I just can't wait to get on the plane. And then you put your stuff in the overhead, grab your book, grab your headphones, and you sit down and you go to sleep. Some people, I don't know. And most of the time, a lot of these RVs incidents, they're in your first class. Mm-hmm. And, it's, and it's just kind of like, okay, oh my God, he's not responding. He's sleep. <laughs> it's, it's 6 a.m. Right. <laughs> you know, everybody will jump up at the idea of somebody touching or whatever. And you wake up, you're like, okay, I'm not in a bed. Oh, I'm on a plane. I got this person, you know, calling the police on me and I'm halfway asleep. Like, what do you expect? I've been that person several times where I'm asleep. And they're like, oh my God, sir, you don't have a seatbelt. Guess what? If we go down in this plane, whether I never see ourselves, I've seen, I've seen whether or not, you know, we right. have the same, same opportunity. That's just so they might be able to know where to look for your wallet. Yeah, you need that part. At least it's going to be there, but. Oh, my God. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, I've been there. I've been on flights where I've fallen asleep before we left the gate, and I wake up, and I forgot to put my seatbelt on. Right. There you go. And you That's, know, that's I, me 95% of the time. Yeah. I haven't even, I don't even realize that I've fallen asleep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And when I wake up, I realize, oh, I was just out. Right. So, yeah, it, it, this is just, it's maddening, though. But, you know, life as a black person on this planet is uh, profit to say that. All right. It's a different kind of existence. And again, it's like if there, was, if there was a white person, I just don't see it. And I've never seen it where they were, you know, totally harassed, damn it, thrown off the plane because they were overly tired. No. No. Now, I've seen some white people get kicked off the plane, but they deserved it. They was wild. Usually, wilding out i mean if you drunk and sleep well, why is this a problem mm-hmm. shit put my seatbelt on for me right right but i've seen white people wilding out drunk and belligerent oh man like, often. and you're supposed to that's when you kick them off yeah. now talib's case was crazy he was calm the entire time did mm-hmm. not get did not raise his voice he said hey it doesn't fit Great. I'll put my hats in my other bag and now we'll fit. Case closed. Problem solved. Right? No. But honestly, even with the hats on, it could fit under the seat. But whatever. Whatever you say, sir. And yeah. he kicked off the plane. Let me a conversation with the guy who's uncomfortable. Man, this is it's a power trip, man. Sometimes you give people a little power and they want to excite it all. You know. But you know what? That That's a problem. I mean, we, we know what the problem is, but that's also a problem with management and whoever's in charge of the their flight attendant union or whatever that whoever is directly talking to them and giving them directives because you can tell a motherfucker to heal mm-hmm. like we need to stop this now because it's fucking with our bottom line no one's saying that because it's continuing to happen to a mm-hmm. certain group of people so they're fucking you know essentially turning their back on it and kind of you know thumb giving it the thumbs up on the on the low because mm-hmm. that's something you can fucking change. Come on. You you can't have people working there. All you got to do is get rid of one or two people and they're going to fall in line because you're like, come on, why the fuck are you talking to people like that or bothering the guy because he's sleeping? Mm-hmm. Like, what the fuck is the problem? But mm-hmm. Did it have something to do with black folks in first class? Because I feel like these racist folks on Twitter, they got to work somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
under these under these fake names. They got to work somewhere. Mm-hmm. And and uh, maybe they don't like seeing us in the good seats. Oh, that, it's, it's definitely an uh, interesting. Can I see a boarding pass, please? Right, right. That's okay. right. <laughs> like, that, that wasn't even in first class. I was in business, and I had right. that. Uh, yeah, you see those those little squints and scowls, and you like, why you? Right. Mm. Like, how'd you get up here? No. What's good, people? This is Allard. If you like the show, then make sure you subscribe to Decoding Forty on IG, Facebook, YouTube, TikTok, Twitter, Tumblr, Reddit, um, Tumblr. Did I say Tumblr? Floor. That's new. It's brand new. Just came out. Fluke, Hetsy, Pinterest, Friendster, Hamster, X Hamster. Oh wait, that's my private account. Don't follow that. Decoding Forty. I think I took us off course, and I wanted to ask about how the case was going with the incident in the hotel. I know the young lady was charged. But did she end up uh, being sentenced? Did she do any time or? Yeah, she didn't do any time. Um, maybe I'm not exactly sure. It's been a while since I, I heard what it what exactly she had to do, but she didn't go to jail. She wasn't sentenced to jail, but there's still things going on as far as the case that it's not all solved yet. Okay. Well, well outside of your case, she has other issues as well. She's got Dewey's, she's got She's got a host of issues. And then I think after your 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 encounter with her, she had another encounter shortly thereafter. Mm-hmm. The mother people. So, you know, she's just on a wild and spree her damn self. So yeah. outside of the issues she has with you, she's got other cases pending. Hopefully she gets, you know, she gets to see some jail time for something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now do you have litigation pending against her and also against the hotel? There's litigation out there. Oh, okay. Yeah, the stuff is still... Right. Still figuring it out. Yeah. With with all that goes on in, in, in your everyday, um, how does this like how does it translate to you to become like to your creative process, to the music? How does it affect your music? I'm the type of artist, um, composer, trumpeter, producer that really dwells on and, and the information that we get presented to us in life. You know, whether that be love, whether that be tragedy. Any of that, I'm using all of that as vehicles to communicate certain kind of feelings in a visceral way, you know, taking the negative and, and make it into a positive, taking, you know, the positives and, and, and also extending that to other people. So I'm I'm very sensitive in that way when I'm writing. All of that stuff is important and it's all this all the all about, you know, trying to craft another narrative of who we are and we're beautiful people. We have beautiful you know, we're able to, to make nothing into something and to change tragedy into beauty. We have that ability and it's almost like magic. And it's something that God has given us, you know, since the first boat came from Africa. Um, we have the ability to take something that that was meant for bad and make it into good. So as an artist, I'm, I'm that way. Add alchemist to his resume. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I know this your birthday's in November. Shout out, because my birthday's in November too, Scorpio. And yes, sir. I get the whole artist sensitivity shit. Uh, I'm an artist. I said when I'm sensitive about my shit. <laughs> when I said additional questions, I was a comment. <laughs> God damn. I, I wasn't looking it's for no the horoscope or a shout out. It's no, no, no I'm joking. But, um, I, I just have one <laughs> fanboy question. One of my favorite songs of yours is um, Traveling. 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 Yeah. Okay. So Georgia Ann Muldrow is, she's 
my chick. Like I, I really love her her music. Uh, did she did she just perform or did she produce on that? No, I produced it. She um, sang on it and, and and wrote with me on it. That's dope. Uh, and I'd like to make a request. I would like you, Bilal, Georgia, and uh, Robert Glasper to work on a track, please. And you know, it could just be for me. You could just. What's the thing? I, ironically, on Wayfair and Traveler, Robert is on Wayfair and Traveler. Yeah. George is on Wayfair and Traveler. So I'm on the other person who wasn't on that. It was Bilal. Mm. So, so, so we can, I don't know, we can do that. That's, that's, that, that works for me. If you just need somebody to sit in and take up space somewhere, <laughs> I have to come in and do that too. Okay. I call you, I'm going to call you on it. All right, cool. <laughs> so that's super dope. So, um, let us know where the people can find you and what do you have going on? Okay. Um, you can find me on all social media, trying to keep the brand easy to find at Keon Harold at K E Y O N H A R R O L D. Um I have new music coming this year, which I'm super excited about. It just turned it in. I'll be at the Blue Note quite often. I don't know if this is airing today or if this is airing in the future. And about a week. Okay. Yeah, drop on Friday. Okay. So yeah, if you're hearing this, you missed him at the Blue Note. <laughs> I bet you what? But I'll be, but I'll be, I'll be back. You know, I'll be back at at the Blue Note and somewhere in New York City on the East Coast, where you can check me out, um, very very soon. Oh, um, listen, bro, we are international, so you can talk about you can talk your shit wherever you go. Okay, so I'm at the Blue Note this week, and then I'm in Miami next week. Nice. Um, then I'll be in LA the week after that. I'll be around. Check me out. My website is keonhellmusic.com. Usually. You know, updated tour schedule is on there, and I'll be around. New music is coming to you. We are looking. That, that website is absolutely beautiful. I don't know if you had a hand in absolute in, in actually developing it, but um, it 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 is one of the <laughs> best websites I've seen. Uh, I and I don't know that. who wrote the copy on that, but that copy is beautifully written as well. So, thank you, man. Ironically, I actually did that. Are you serious? Horrible thing, because I, I never do it, but I did it because I had a day. Long you story. Had a day? Just, yeah. This fucking guy. He's Superman. <laughs> this guy's making way. He's out of town. Everything. He's fucking out. <laughs> He's a fucking guy. Hey, fucking easy Albert Einstein. <laughs> that's what's up, man. That's beautiful, man. Oh, I, that's amazing. I, I wasn't expecting that answer. Okay. But oh, yeah, yeah, I invite everybody to definitely go check out his website um, and check him out if he is hitting a town near you um yeah that's it bro uh we appreciate you stopping by and talking to us and giving giving us your thoughts and um enlightening us on your perspective on life so um with that we just want to thank you and uh hope you're not a stranger i'd love to get you in the studio though um so hopefully we can make that happen yeah let's do it man such a pleasure to talk to each and every one of you and you you know hope to hope to see uh talk to you again very very soon yeah, we got to come down to the Blue Note uh, at, 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 uh, as a part of a uh, Dakota 40 day trip or night trip. Yes, come in, come in with me. Come in with me. Buy a drink with you. Yes, sir. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Oh, my pleasure. My pleasure. Appreciate it, man. Appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me. All right. Take All right. care. All right. Have a good one, bro. Peace. Thank you for listening to Decoding 40. 
Tune in this and every Friday to be in your favorite platform for a new episode of Decoding 40. Go to www.decoding40.com. Make sure you sign up so you can keep following us. But don't keep it to yourself. Spread the word. Fight you for listening to Decoding 40, goddammit.